This is Commonwealth Real Financial Talk with Michael Widlake from Commonwealth Guardians. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Commonwealth Real Financial Talk with Michael Widlake. Hello and welcome back to Commonwealth Real Financial Talk. My name is Michael Widlake and I'm from Commonwealth Guardians. Now, if you'd like more information about what you hear during our show today, you can give us a call at 617-380-3440 or you can visit us online at commonwealthguardians.com. And while there at the website, click on the media page and check out all our past shows. And you can also subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Amazon Music. You know, it's not uncommon for a client to reach out to me with social security concerns. And given how essential social security income is for most retirees. So during today's episode, we're going to look at the various steps you might be able to take to ensure that your monthly social security payment is as large as possible. But before we jump into today's subject, let me introduce you to my co-host, Tony Shore, who I just noticed was looking at Caribbean cruise options, <laughs> which must mean that winter has arrived here. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually not much of a cruise guy, to be honest. But yeah, it, uh, it, uh, the best way to make it through a cold, snowy winter is, uh, to get out of town for, uh, for a while, right? Um, uh, you know, if you live up north uh, in the in the winterlands uh, where I'm from, that's what we do. We're snowbirds. We have to head south for the winter. But as far as this topic you have for us, uh, I have one reaction, and that is uh, fantastic because it's always good when we can talk about Social Security because the majority of Americans are going to use that as the foundation of their retirement income, right? No question about it. It's yeah, I always say that it is the foundation. It's the building block on which we build everything else on. And that's why we're talking about this today. So let's begin with the U.S. News and World Report article called The Six Reasons You're Getting a Smaller Social Security Check, which I think does a really nice job of answering some of the most common questions that those approaching Social Security often have. Claiming your benefit early is a common reason that some people find themselves receiving less than they thought they would get. If you file at age 62, the earliest allowed, you'll receive a smaller monthly payment than you would have if you'd waited until your full retirement age. The full retirement age is currently 66 for those born in the 1950s and 67 for those people born in 1960 or later. Your benefit will hit its highest peak if you delay filing until age 70, the oldest age allowed. By filing early, you're essentially choosing between time and money. While filing early means you get access to your money sooner, it also means that your monthly payments will be smaller for the duration of your post-filing lifetime. Well, Michael, uh, this is yet another great reason to work closely with somebody like yourself, a financial professional 
Uh, if you want to file at Social Security in an age that makes the most sense for you and your overall financial strategy, it's really going to help. It's quite a complicated formula to come up with the right thing because it's not intuitive. But some people are caught off guard by the size of their Social Security payments because they neglected to factor that their earnings changed. Remember, your Social Security payment is calculated using the 35 highest earning years of your career. If you worked for fewer than 35 years, those non-working years are marked as zeros. Those zeros are then included in your average lifetime income, which drives down the size of your monthly Social Security payment. When you review your estimated future benefit, the number you see assumes that you'll keep earning income at your current level until you retire. But if you stop working or if your salary goes down, your monthly payment will likely drop. Of course, that also means if your income increases beyond what your estimated future benefit um, expects, then your eventual monthly payment will be bigger. Yeah, and as you've told us previously, if you're in your early 60s, you enjoy your job, and you're making a higher salary than you ever have, there's a real benefit there, at least in terms of Social Security then, in working into your late 60s or even until age 70 from what you're telling us. Well, so, of course, this is not a very complicated uh, story. And uh, some people like to keep working, and some people are looking to get out as soon as they can. Now, typically your Medicare Part B premiums are automatically deducted from your Social Security payment. In 2023, the standard Medicare Part B premium is $164.90 a month. Although that ticks a bit higher if your income is larger. An interesting wrinkle here is that if Medicare premiums do go up, which does happen sometimes, it won't lower most Social Security recipients' monthly payments after they've already filed. But higher earners might see a decrease. In 2023, people receiving Social Security who have an individual income higher than $97,000 or an income higher than $194,000 for married couples filing jointly, they will see larger Medicare Part B premiums and potentially smaller Social Security payments. For many people, having their Medicare Part B premium taken directly out of their Social Security payment is very convenient, but it does mean that the size of your monthly payment will be a little smaller. Well, sure. Now, does what you just told us about Medicare Part B also apply to Medicare Part D, the drug program? So I'll answer that one by saying, uh, kind of, sort of, and let me explain (laughs) Social Security recipients might choose to have their Medicare Part D premiums taken out of their Social Security payment. Medicare Part D premiums are determined by your income. The more you make, the more you pay for this particular prescription drug coverage as calculated by a sliding scale. Additionally, the plan you join might also affect the size of your Medicare Part D premium. Now, here's the kind of sort of part. Medicare Part D premiums aren't automatically taken out of your Social Security payment like Medicare Part B premiums are. Rather, you can request that your Part D drug plan make the deduction on your behalf. According to the article, many people elect to go this route for the convenience factor. 
but be aware that Part D benefits come with late enrollment penalties and an income-related monthly adjustment amount, which might impact some higher-income recipients. Okay, so uh, you have a unique tool there that you use for your clients and people you meet with uh, to help them maximize their social security, right? You, you can run a social security maximization report for them. Right. We have a program that we call harnessing the power of social security, which has the goal of making sure you're receiving as much social security income as possible. One part of the program is your guide to social security manual that addresses some of these high level things about the program that are important for people to fully understand before filing. Okay. Um, well, that's important. So uh, why don't you let our listeners out there know right now, Michael, how they can get a hold of you and get that report run. So you can uh, go to our website, commonwealthguardians.com for more information. And you can also call my office at 617-380-3440. And you'll talk to Shannon. She can get you on my calendar to discuss your social security strategy, which and what that might mean for your retirement, as well as how it fits into your broader financial strategy, because that's the actual key to getting this right. Well, that sounds great. Now, it's been a great uh, discussion so far. Uh, I think there's a lot of information here. You can get deep in the weeds. That's why we need you, Michael. You've been talking about what steps we can take to better ensure that our monthly social security payment will be as large as possible. And you talked about filing early, uh, changing earnings, uh, withholdings for Medicare parts B and D. What's next? So the U.S. News and World Reports article, Six Reasons Why You're Getting a Smaller Social Security Check, has a couple more points that I think we should address, including taxes. Those with income sources in addition to social security like retirement account withdrawals, pensions, or rental income might end up paying taxes on their social security. 11 states currently consider social securities taxable as taxable income, as does the federal government. Federally, social security recipients with an individual income less than $25,000 will not be subject to taxation. And for married couples filing jointly, that number is 32,000. Furthermore, only 85%, not 100% of your benefit is considered taxable. So you can choose to have federal income tax taken out of your social security payment if you think you're likely to owe taxes on a percentage of them. You might also file form W-4V with the Social Security Administration to request that either 7, 10, 12, or 22% of your monthly payment be withheld for tax purposes. Okay, and that sounds really helpful. So uh, obviously taxes always play a part in this. Uh, The tax implications of Social Security income, again, it seems like a good reason to work closely with a financial services professional like yourself and a tax professional, correct? Making sure that you understand the tax implications of all the decisions you make is in part of your retirement plan are absolutely essential. And what I find that a lot of people do not address or don't realize that they need to address. So finally, working after you've already started receiving benefits is just another way you might end up with a smaller social security payment. 
those who begin receiving their payments before their full retirement age and then also continue to work will often have a percentage of their payment withheld. If you're younger than the full retirement age, the IRS currently deducts $1 from your social security payment for every $2 you earn above $21,420. Beginning in the month you reach your full retirement age, your earnings will no longer lead to a reduction in your social security payment, regardless of how much additional income you earn. From there, the Social Security Administration will recalculate your benefit amount to provide you with credit for the months it was reduced because of your excessive income. The recalculation considers the months in which a portion of your payment was withheld. Mm. Uh, Well, then, in my opinion, avoiding that scenario you just spelled out for us is another good reason to wait until at least your full retirement age before filing, right? This is often what we say to people. Let's, uh, if you're going to continue to work, then maybe it's better to delay taking your social security for your own benefit. But let's look at another potentially helpful U.S. News and World Reports article, which is headlined, Can You Collect an Ex-Spouse's Social Security Benefits? And while many people overlook this one, the reality is that you might be able to collect social security benefits based on your ex-spouse's work history. And yes, it's perfectly legal to do this. This post-divorce strategy is a win-win because it allows ex-spouses to receive a larger social security payment than they'd get on their own while doing nothing to shrink their former partner's own social security payment. That means that if one spouse missed several prime working years while serving as the primary caregiver for children, they'll be able to add more social security income to their retirement strategy. In terms of the calculation, you and your financial services professional can simply tabulate your potential social security payment based on your employment record and then compare that against what you'd receive if your potential payment was based on your ex-spouse's earning history multiplied by 50%. You'd then take whatever is greater, and again, if you take Social Security based on your ex-spouse's work history, then their own Social Security payment won't be reduced. Well, you can't get both amounts though, right? No, uh, there's no double dipping when it comes to Social Security. So you must make a choice and then stick to it. Even if your former spouse has remarried, this option is still available to you if you meet other requirements. And it won't take away Social Security from your ex-spouse's current spouse, excuse me. Also, if your former spouse is deceased, you might still be able to utilize their work history for your Social Security payment. Wow. Okay. Uh, What kind of information does a person need then to file for Social Security using their ex-spouse's work history? So working in consultation with your financial services professional, you can apply for a divorced spouse benefit online, over the phone, or in person at your nearest Social Security office. You'll need your ex-spouse's name and birthday and the location and date of your marriage and how it ended. Now, here's an important point, though. Your ex-spouse will not be notified that you filed for Social Security using their work history. If you have all the necessary documentation, the process will take no more than half an hour to complete. Oh, okay. Well, that seems pretty easy, pretty straightforward. Uh, That's helpful. 
Now, I'm sure that the fact that your ex-spouse won't be notified that you're using their work history for your own social security, that's probably important to many people and that's good to know. Right. Uh, you know, people get divorced for a reason sometimes. And so utilizing my office's harnessing the power of social security tool has clear and insightful information that can make the social security process less confusing and less stressful. For example, harnessing the power of social security has clear steps for spouses, ex-spouses, widows, and widowers. And I know how essential social security is for many retirees. So let's work together to harness the full power of social security so that you can head into your retirement with renewed confidence and optimism. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea to me. And again, if our listeners have questions about all this, which I'm sure they will, or they want to get that social security maximization report, uh, what's the number they can call to set that up? So you can call Shanna in my office at 617-380-3440. You can also visit my website at commonwealthguardians.com. And there are ways on there to contact us. All right. Well, we've been talking about uh, leaving no social security stone unturned today. What do you have for us next on this topic? Well, throughout the show, we've mentioned that delaying filing for social security until you're 70 is or can be an effective and straightforward way to permanently increase how large your eventual monthly payment will be. But it begs the question, how can I get by financially until I'm 70? So there's another U.S. News & World Report article, how to delay claiming your Social Security until age 70, and it has some tips that I think might be helpful. One of which is spending down other accounts before you file for Social Security. For example, you might be able to utilize a 401k or IRA while waiting until the big 7-0 to begin collecting your Social Security. The article notes that savings and investment accounts might be accessible for a handful of years before filing for Social Security at age 70. If you do utilize another account, you should only take what you need because overspending might dilute the power of waiting for your social security. Sit down with a real financial services professional and review your cash levels and easily accessible savings accounts. Remember that before you retire, you should build a cash reserves that can cover at least one year of your spending needs. This cash will allow you to cover some of your essential ex expenses without withdrawing money from your own investments prior to filing for Social Security. Finally, during your conversation with your financial services professional, be sure to consider CD and bond interest, money from dividend paying stocks, and perhaps selling appreciated assets that you've held for more than a year if any of these apply to your specific financial strategy. And clearly there are strategies that are available to those who want to wait until they're 70 to begin collecting social security, right? So I'm sure that's welcome news for some of our listeners. So annuities might be another way to create supplemental income. Annuities are contracts with insurance companies that might provide guaranteed lifetime income in exchange for a lump sum payment. While there are several different types of annuities, you'll need enough cash up front to enter into the contract. In some cases, you might be able to structure annuity payments for the years between your retirement date and your 70th birthday. And if your goal is to retire at 55, you might be able to utilize a 15-year fixed period certain annuity, for example, 
Let me add here that annuities aren't a good option for everyone. Furthermore, because there are many different types of annuities available, determining which one might be the right one for you is challenging. Therefore, if you're considering something like this, I'd recommend only making a purchase in consultation with a real financial services professional and fiduciary. Right. That's critical to make sure you're working with a professional. Now, what about continuing to work until you're seven? So it lists as one of your solid options. If you're in good health and you enjoy what you do, why stop? Working beyond, perhaps even well beyond, age 65 might help you maintain your preferred lifestyle. Don't forget that a person's peak earning years are often in the handful of years right before retirement. Accordingly, working even an extra year or two may not only help you earn delayed retirement credits for Social Security, but it also might help you beef up what you have in your various retirement accounts. In 2023, people 50 and older can contribute an additional $7,500 on top of the standard limit of $22,500 to their 401k, 403b, or 457 plan. People in the 50 plus age bracket might kick in an additional $1,000 beyond the $6,500 limit for the traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. Right. Uh, So obviously uh, a few more years of extra contributions then to a 401k or IRA could have very positive effects for your lifestyle during retirement. Another thing that people consider is downsizing their home. It's another way you might be able to wait until you're 70 to begin receiving social security. Are you an empty nester with a four or five bedroom home selling and moving into something smaller, but that still suits your needs might provide a significant cash infusion while also saving you money on taxes, upkeep and utilities. Currently the tax liability exclusion for a primary residence is $500,000 for a married couple and $250,000 for an individual. So, Maybe downsizing your home can also take home-related chores off your plate, freeing you up to spend more time with your family and friends, as well as pursuing hobbies and interests. I like that. Right. Uh, Allowing you freedom to do more things that you want to fill your life with in your retirement. And as you weigh, you're making it to age 70 Social Security strategy. You should also consider your spouse's potential monthly payment. If you're both eligible for social security payments, first determine whose benefit will be larger. From there, one strategy might be to begin taking the smaller benefit immediately while delaying the larger payment. Additionally, the survivor benefit permits that the spouse who lives longest to receive the bigger of the two benefits once one of you is gone. Well, can you remind uh, listeners how you can help them with social security? Oh, I have a tool that I call Harnessing the Power of Social Security, and it has data and insights designed to determine your when for Social Security. Is it age 62? Because sometimes it is. Your full retirement age or age 70. A number of factors go into making this critical decision, and harnessing the power of Social Security might help you assess your status and options and help you arrive at a decision that truly works for you and your retirement. Right. And I think that's great. This has been a terrific show. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? 
So if you have any questions about harnessing the power of your Social Security to potentially secure a happier and more confident retirement, please visit my website at commonwealthguardians.com and click on the contact us page or call my office directly at 617-380-3440 and you can get on my calendar so we can discuss how we might be able to help you. It's our goal to help you prepare for the retirement that you have worked so hard for. All right. Well, thank you so much, Michael. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Commonwealth Real Financial Talk with our host, Michael Whitley. Thank you for listening to Commonwealth Real Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Michael Whitlake at Commonwealth Guardians. Call 617-380-3440 or visit them online at CommonwealthGuardians.com. Michael Whitlake offers investment advisory services through Gradium Advisors, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 877-885-0508 and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Gradient Advisors, LLC, and its advisors do not render tax, legal, or accounting advice. Commonwealth Guardians is not a registered investment advisor and is independent of Gradient Advisors, LLC. Insurance products and services are offered through Michael Widlake, independent agent. Commonwealth Guardians, Michael Widlake, and Gradient Advisors, LLC, are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration, the Federal Medicare Program, or any government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary, and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Calling this number will direct you to a licensed sales agent.